1: My name is Jocelyn, and I am your host of Dentalk. I just wanted to say thank you so much to Main Squeeze for sponsoring this video. They are located at 2114 Airline Drive, Suite A, Bossier City, Louisiana. Our sponsor is dedicated to making healthy easier with the freshest, highest quality ingredients in their products. They stand out from competitors by prioritizing and exceptional customer service experience. Visit their store
0: for the best in healthy living. My name is Brandy Jelpe and I am a NASM certified personal trainer um, and the topic that I'll be discussing today is disordered eating habits.
1: Okay um, so can you explain To us, like, what is, like, an eating disorder and what kind of eating disorder
0: did you have? Yes. So, um, actually, getting ready for this podcast, I did a little bit of research on my own because I am a personal trainer, but I'm not, like, specialized in disordered eating um, or eating disorders. So, there's actually a difference in eating disorders and disordered eating. Okay. I was not aware. So, I I learned something through this. And um, hopefully other people will learn, too. So um, eating disorders are actually a mental disorder. Um, It is actually something that you have to meet a certain criteria. And I believe the DSM-5 can diagnose you. Um, There were three. Most people are very familiar with anorexia, um, bulimia, and binge eating. So I don't believe I had either three of those. Um, Binge eating is the most common in the United States which consists of um, people eating past the point of comfort or eating when they're not hungry out of either stress or trauma or emotional eating. Um, Anorexia of course is when people pretty much don't eat at all um, to the point that they lose a ton of weight which I guess if I was going to identify with any of those, I might have been on the path to anorexia, but I never, I was never diagnosed anorexic. Um, and then bulimia, of course, is whenever you eat, but then you use some type of compensatory strategy, either, um, most people think it's puking, which yes, if you eat and then you puke to get rid of those calories That is a form of bulimia. But also if you feel like you need to go exercise to eat or, you know, oh, well, I ate really bad, so now I'm going to go run for an hour or whatever. Like, that's also a type of, like, purging behavior that is not healthy. Um, And then the two other ones that were just added, um, one was um, restrictive eating to the point where, like, you're... Hyper focused on calories, and then the other one is um, unspecified. So those are a little vague, but the, the three other ones are the main um, eating disorders. So I believe that I struggled with disordered eating patterns, which can lead to an eating disorder. Yeah. So it, it's kind of confusing. It's like a thin line. Um, I believe you have to be engaging in one of the other behaviors at least once a week for three months in order to be diagnosed as anorexic bulimic or any of those um but disordered eating is something that I see a lot in our culture that can be disguised as fads diets um and people again they don't they don't even realize that you know they're doing disordered eating patterns they They think that they're doing something healthy and something good, which, you know, yes and no. But then it becomes like a hyper focus of theirs. Yeah. Um, So, like I said, mine was more of just not eating. I would go long periods of time without eating, um, which some people might call that intermittent fasting. But that's just a fancy name for you're starving yourself. Um, So you have to be careful when you do things like that and make sure that it's a tool and it's not something you're doing out of fear, like a fear of gaining weight or fear of food. Um, And then also just avoiding whole food groups. And so mine was carbs. I avoided carbs like they were the plague. I thought like That was what was causing me to gain weight, and I needed to just eliminate all of my carbs. And in doing so, I actually became hypoglycemic, um, started passing out a lot, um, couldn't engage in more than maybe 10 minutes of exercise before I started seeing, like, spots and feeling, like, clammy, like I was going to faint. Yeah, and that's
1: from you just not eating? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Okay,
0: Um, so
1: when did you first realize that you were... Um, struggling with that? Um,
0: probably when I was in clinicals. Um, I'm also an occupational therapy assistant and you have to go through um, clinicals, like two eight-week rotations to get your degree and I was actually at one of my fieldwork rotations and we were in a patient's room and I we weren't even doing anything. Like, I was just standing there, and my um, CI was explaining to me, like, what was going on with the patient. Like, she was just talking to me. And all of a sudden, like, my knees buckled, and I started seeing stars and basically passed out. Like, she had to walk me over to a chair and go get me some orange juice and peanut butter crackers. And I was like, okay, this is not – something's wrong. Like, I need, to, I need to do something. Like, I need to reach out to, like, a professional
1: so um, when you were going through that, is it like you just wanted to lose as much weight as you want? Like, or was there any reason why you weren't eating as much? Or
0: I think it was. Um, I think the first part that you said, I definitely was trying to get down to like an impossible size. That I, I mean, the smaller I got, it wasn't even like you know once you reach a certain weight, people think that they're going to be happy. And I mean, I got below 100 pounds and I, and it still was, I still saw myself as fat in the mirror. Like it was definitely body dysmorphia, pretty extreme. I mean, I was under 100 pounds and I still felt like I needed to do more. Like I needed to run more or I needed to um, cut back my calories more. And I mean, I was probably eating less than 800 calories a day. I mean, it was really um, really bad. And I can't really you know, f- think of like an a, a exact reason for it other than that that's just kind of like the um, like the standard that we grew up with was like skinny was pretty or skinny was healthy. Yeah, and that's not the case. Like you can be skinny. And be just as unhealthy as somebody that's overweight.
1: Yeah. Um, earlier, when you said that um, you needed to or you wanted to see like um, a professional or like help. Yes.
0: How did you go about that? So I reached out to a personal trainer, which is actually what inspired me to become a trainer, um, because she really opened up my eyes to um, just like what I needed to be eating and also like the strength that was inside of me that I didn't know I had. So, um, I reached out to a very popular online trainer, Katie Hearn. A lot of people are familiar with her. Um, her and her husband own Alani, um, new, and then they also have their own, um, clothing line and she has her own fitness app. But back when I signed on with her, she was just getting started, and she was only accepting, like, 200 people into her fitness challenge. And I had seen, like, a lot of her before and afters, um, and the women always looked amazing. Um, She looked amazing. So I was like, okay, well – and she's – like, I'm five foot tall. I think she's five foot two. So I was like, okay, well, we're, like, similar in height kind of build – So she looks amazing. Whatever she's doing obviously is working. And so um, whenever I signed on with her and she gave me like my macros, which are macronutrients, like my goals for what I should be eating, I was in shock. Because like I said, I was eating like maybe 800 calories a day. And even then I thought, oh, I need to go down to like 600 calories, you know, and she had me eating almost 2000 calories a day. And I was like, there's no way this is going to work. But I trusted her. Because again, she looked amazing. Her clients looked amazing. So I was like, Look, I'm going to give this eight weeks, I'm going to do everything that she says. And if it doesn't work, then that's not on me. But if it does work, like, holy crap, like I just discovered something amazing. And sure enough, you know, i I ate the 2,000 calories a day. I followed um, the workout plan, and by the end of the eight weeks, I looked how I wanted to look, but I just didn't know how to get there.
1: Yeah. So um, when you first started, did you see, like, a major difference, like, with your feeling or, like?
0: Just in general, like, besides looks. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh, yes. Energy-wise. Energy. I had way more energy. I was sleeping better, um, less anxiety. Um, My skin even looked better. My hair stopped falling out. Um, My nails started growing. I mean, it just, yeah, definitely had more energy and I wasn't passing out anymore. Yeah, (laughs) So that was good. Um,
1: Was she also the reason why you became a personal trainer? Yes. Was was that after... Was that after you joining her program, or was that before?
0: Um, After. After? It was probably at least a year or maybe two years. Um, I continued doing – she did challenges every season, so I continued doing those for a couple years. And and then I had a few people ask, like, you know, have you ever thought about becoming a personal trainer? And I was like, well, no, not really. And then I started thinking about it, and I was like, you know, if I can be – that person that she was for me for just one other person like it would be worth it because not to sound dramatic but like she literally saved my life yeah because I really had no idea what I was doing and I was starving myself so now I just try to be that person for other people that may be struggling with similar disordered eating habits or even not similar to mine but just disordered eating in general
1: yeah, um, cause remember when I reached out to you, and all that. Um, cause I wasn't. I don't really eat. Yes. At all yeah. At work. Yeah. Um, and then whenever you told me like the um, the macros and all that, I'm like, holy crap, this is a lot. Yes. But yeah. I kind of like. It was such an amazing like the whole. How many did I like? Six? Was it six? Eight weeks or something? Like yeah, that? I think it was eight, maybe. Yeah. So um, I lost weight and gain muscle like yes. so quick but then after that <laughs> it's like I got sciatica yes and then, yeah like, I it remember just, it just ugh but yeah. now it's like I I really do want to get back into it because yeah. like just a routine and I did feel
0: a lot better yeah <laughs> yeah I mean I think most people do like feel better when they're eating right and moving their body and not starving themselves yes. or restricting and you know, that's another thing that you and I talked about was, like, making time to, to eat. eat yeah. Yes, or like even,
1: like, meal prep or... Yes,
0: yeah, just, like, planning out your meals, just, you know, having a plan. Even if, even if you don't follow that plan, like, if you go off the plan, at least you have one set in place that you can go back to, or, um, you know, if you eat out for one meal, you can get back onto it for another, but... Um, Definitely, you know, I have a great group of women right now that I train, and that's one thing that I have to stress to them is, like, give yourself at least 30 minutes to eat because I know it's hard, like, especially owning your own business, and, you know, you don't want to upset anybody. Yeah. But I'm like, you will be so much more productive if you take time to, like, fuel your body and just – eat something that's going to give you sustainable energy to carry out the rest of the day. But it's so hard. It's so hard for people to understand that. And I get it because, I mean, I'm not going to say that I'm not guilty of it. You know, I'm like, sure, I'll pick pick a client up at noon and then work until four. And then I'm like, okay, well, when am I going to eat? Yeah. So.
1: So um, how long have you been a personal trainer for?
0: Uh, So I got certified in 2016. Um, and then I took a break. I trained for, I guess, about a year, um, and then I had my two babies. And so I took a break while I was pregnant and also just um, while they were still young. And then I got back to it, um, I guess, a year and a half ago. Yeah. So I've been doing full-time training for about a year and a half now. A year and a half. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm pretty sure you've saved so many. <laughs> I, I hope so. I, I really nice. do because there's so many – you know, fad diets out there. And I'm not, I'm not trying to like shame anybody that promotes them because I truly do think that we're all doing the best that we can with the knowledge that we have. But at the same time, you have to be really careful because if you're out there promoting something, um, that you don't really know a lot about, you can unintentionally turn somebody into having a disordered eating pattern. Yeah. Um, keto is a very popular diet that again depends on the individual um but keto or no carb or just low carb dieting is extremely dangerous because you're cutting out one of the major macronutrients carbs um that your body needs for energy and you can like myself cause them to become hyperglycemic um or cause them to have a fear of carbs for no reason um so it's something that people need to be aware of uh, when you're out there and you're on social media and you're looking at, cause there's a lot of information out there Yeah. and it can be overwhelming and it can be scary. And then it can be like, okay, this person saying don't eat carb- carbs, but this person saying eat carbs. And then you get frustrated. You're like, well, I don't know. So I'm just going to eat whatever I want. And then you give up, you know, yeah. or vice versa. You're like, well, I'm not going to eat anything because everything's bad for you. And it's really all about just finding like a sustainable like well-balanced diet unless you have like a food intolerance um like celiac or celiac I don't know how to pronounce it yeah disease where they can't have gluten because it's it's an actual like allergy like okay well that's one thing but you shouldn't cut out gluten if you don't have an adverse reaction to it um seed oils is a very common one right now like they're a lot of um nutritionists or registered dietitians out there saying that seed oils caused the obesity pandemic in in America well no it's not usually one thing it's usually an abundance of things together Um, you can overeat way past like what your calories should be for the day and it could be fat it could be carbs Um, it's usually not just one thing um, so I will say if you're looking for like very specific nutrition, nutritional, um, advice, then you need to seek out a registered dietitian. And that's something I wanted to talk about, um, on this podcast too, because, um, when it comes to being a nutritionist mm-hmm. and a registered dietitian, they are two very different things. Um, a nutritionist does not have like a governing body that you know, gives them their certification. You can take a course online and become a nutritionist over the weekend. Um, now, a registered dietitian that is at a minimum a bachelor's degree. So they go through four years of college, get their bachelor's degree in nutrition, and they have to take I want to say it's twelve hundred hours um, of internship to become a registered dietitian. So. And not to say that, you know, all nutritionists are bad or all registered dietitians are great because there's always a few bad apples in any profession. Um, but you, I would say you might want to seek out a registered dietitian over somebody that just claims to be a nutritionist. Nutritionist, yeah. yeah. They're going to have more um, education.
1: Oh, excuse me. Um, as a personal trainer, are you allowed to um, give, like, what is it called, like meal prep? Um, Meal plans?
0: Meal plans, yeah. So technically, no. You are not legally the only person that should be prescribing meal plans are registered dietitians. And I'll tell you why. Because meal plans, um, you can view food basically like a prescription. So if somebody prescribes you a meal plan and it is deficient in certain nutrients, or you're deficient in certain nutrients that the meal plan does not encompass, you can really mess somebody up. And like I said earlier, like you can cause somebody to become – if they're borderline like hypoglycemic and you give them the wrong meal plan, they can turn into full-on like hypoglycemia. So you have to be really careful with that. Um, Now what is within our scope of practice is prescribing macros like what I did with you. Like, hey, this is the number of um, like grams of fat, carbs, and protein that I think you should have in a day. And it's very much trial and error. Like, I'll give you these numbers based off of your goals, your height, your weight, um, what your day-to-day routine looks like, and then we'll check in every couple weeks and see how your body's responding. But to give out an exact meal plan, that should be a registered dietitian. I have done them before, and I've used it as, like, okay, based off of your macros, if I was to structure your meal plan, this is how I would do it. So kind of like a sample. I don't really like doing that um, because it's, number one, it's very restricted because you're telling them exactly what to eat, when to eat it, and let's say they want to go out with friends. Well, how are they supposed to, you know, enjoy social occasions while following a meal plan? Yeah. so it's very restrictive and then it doesn't really teach them anything about nutrition whereas if you're counting macros like you're having to look at food labels you're having to like actually actually study like what you're putting in your body and then how it responds um so it's kind of like that saying I don't know if you've ever heard like you teach a man to or you give a man a fish he eats for a day yeah you teach a man to fish and he eats for a lifetime That's how I feel about macros. Like if I give you a meal plan, you'll follow it for maybe a couple weeks and then you're done. But if I teach you how to fuel your body with the right nutrients, I mean, that's a skill that you can take with you the rest of your life. Um, So, yeah, I would definitely say if you're looking for a meal plan, a registered dietitian is the only person that should be prescribing it. But even they are really big on uh, counting macros because, again, it teaches you about nutrition. Nutrition, yeah. 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 So it's, you know, it's educating them and, gi- like, giving them the tools so that they can be um, more independent with what they eat.
1: Yeah. So um, going back, so whenever you first had... It's called um, disorder eating? Yes. Yeah. So yes. disorder eating... Um, and it started in your 20s, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so how long were you in that, I guess, uh, what's the word? Like, how long did you deal with it? Probably,
0: I would say, a few years. Um, so it started at 20? Yeah, I would say it started, it was before I was in clinical, so probably about 21, and I think whenever I was 23 um, is whenever I discovered, discovered the trainer. So it was about about two years and it was, it was pretty rough. I mean, it was very much like I was a big runner back then.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, which I still enjoy running, but now I don't do it out of hate for my body. I do it out of love for my body. Um, and I incorporate weight training as well to help protect my joints. But back then it was very much about, um, how many calories can I burn yeah like how can I eat as little as possible and And burn burn. yes the most amount of calories and I think that's that's what a lot of people think they need to be doing yeah um including myself (laughs) yes yeah yeah and it because I mean I think we all have heard that weight loss comes down to calories in versus calories out which sounds very simple but it's actually way more complex than that um and there's a lot of like mental uh health that goes into it as well so um yeah I mean I was I was eating um nothing but salads and it was like just plain salad like iceberg lettuce yeah um boiled eggs I remember I would boil like a dozen eggs at the beginning of every week and I would kind of just eat that throughout the week Um, tuna just tuna pouches or tuna in a can, which tuna is basically just protein. Um, The boiled eggs had a little bit of fat um, and protein. The iceberg lettuce is basically like drinking water. There's no real nutritional value in that. Um, And I would, on occasion, keep, um, like, gummy bears or sour gummy worms on me because when my blood sugar would drop I would need something to spike it so I wouldn't pass pass out yeah and in my head again I was like thinking that I was healthy and that I was doing the right thing yeah basically starving myself
1: I think that's how most of the time especially when you're busy I feel like a lot of people, like, that's how they are with mm-hmm. their body, including myself. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And um, so earlier you talked about, like, mental health and all that. Did you feel any – were you also, like um, – what do you call that? I can't get my words right today. <laughs> <laughs> that's or okay. You,
0: were you also struggling mentally while you were going through that? Yes, yeah, uh, I was um, – I think, you know, I would look in the mirror at myself and I was never small enough or um, mentally I just was not in a good place as far as like anxiety. I was very anxious, um, socially awkward even more than I am now.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm, the, I'm just, laughing because that's how I Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and just not in a good place. Again, I just um, felt very uncomfortable going out in public. Um, which is another issue with disordered eating is people will isolate themselves um, either because they don't think they're small enough. um, And in thinking that way, they think that they're not um, worthy of being amongst other people. um, Or also I would isolate myself because I didn't want to go to social occasions where I might be pressured into eating something that I didn't want to eat and then I didn't want people to make fun of me for not eating. So that's also something that people have to look out for. Like if you're avoiding a girl's night or a baby shower or a wedding or whatever because you're afraid um, of the type of food that they're going to be serving, that, that's, a dis, that's a disordered eating pattern that's developing and you have to be aware of those um so you can stop them before they turn into full-blown eating disorders the eating disorders mm-hmm. okay
1: you mentioned that um you have two kids yes yeah? yes so um with well, you three
0: in total three okay yes. yeah.
1: so with you having them did you ever like um did you have a problem with your like weight while you were carrying them and then afterwards
0: um not really just to be totally honest I think I did a lot of self-healing before I got pregnant um and I didn't gain a ton of weight with either of my children um not to say that I didn't eat whatever I wanted while I was pregnant because I thought I was going to continue like being the ideal like pregnant chick in the gym, still eating, still counting macros, all of that until the first trimester hit me with my first, uh, my firstborn, my daughter. And I had major food aversion to protein, which made up a good bit of my diet. I mean, when you're building muscle, you have to be eating enough protein. Um, And so I couldn't eat chicken, I couldn't eat eggs. I mean, my diet consisted of cereal and popcorn and a lot of carbs, um, so I did gain weight, but I didn't gain like an unhealthy amount of weight with my daughter. Um, and then losing it, I I didn't really struggle losing it. I kind of got back into my routine, and but I think again, like I said, I I had worked on so much self healing before that, and like improving my relationship with food, that it wasn't really a struggle um, so much. Now I will say, with my son, I was borderline. Um, uh, what is it?
1: Gestational diabetes. Yes, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Gestational
0: diabetes, and that was kind of a scare for me. I was I was not expecting that. Um, I wasn't ever diagnosed with it. I just I failed the first test, but I passed the second test. But while I was waiting to take the second test, I was very nervous, and I started um, kind of going back to like that dangerous mindset of oh, my God, maybe I should cut back carbs or, like, you know, I have been eating a lot of McDonald's while I've been pregnant. Like, maybe I should reevaluate, you know. And then once I passed the second test, um, I was like, whew, that was a close one. But I did notice, like, it's very easy to fall back into that pattern of thinking. Yeah. Um,
1: what um, advice would you give people that do, like, tend to fall back into that the same position that they were in? Yeah.
0: Um, the best thing you can do is talk to somebody. Um, uh, of course, you know, everybody's going to say talk to a professional or talk to your doctor, but talk to whoever you feel comfortable with, you know, like whoever's close to you, whether it's your mom or your best friend, like open up to them about it, talk to them and just see what they have to say. And, um, and then again, you know, if you're if they're like, yeah, maybe you do need some help, then reach out to either a registered dietitian. Um, we have a great registered dietitian locally. Her name's Courtney Butts. Okay, um, She's amazing. She is very realistic um, when it comes to, like, not eliminating an entire food group, like, and also learning that no foods are good or bad. Like, they just are. They're just food. They don't – they're not evil, yeah. you know. Um, but she posts a lot on her Facebook, like, you know, if you go to Chick-fil-A, here are the best options oh, nice. to pick. And it's not like a salad, you know, it's like yeah, actual, actual stuff. Actual that
1: e- Meal. Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. Because at the end of the day, like we're human and we get busy and we're going to go through drive throughs like it's going to happen. And why not have the tools to make better decisions instead of just saying, don't do it. Yeah. Because people are going to do it. So I think, um, she's a great registered dietitian um that could help somebody with disordered eating habits or patterns um and then if you have a counselor or somebody like that because it is it is a mental health disorder yeah and I don't think people realize that um it's kind of just like oh well you just you know you need to eat better and it's like no they you can't just say that like it's there's like a mental block there that they have to overcome. And, I mean, it could be something from their childhood. It could be how they grew up eating or not eating. You know, their parents might have been worried about um, obesity running in the fam- family. And so they restricted food for you as a child. And then as, when you became an adult, it now you're binge eating because you didn't get to eat certain foods as a child. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's a lot that goes into it. I love old people. I know that sounds weird, but I do. <laughs> but you know what I'm learning is that, you know, we we will be old one day, you know? like And so I I see my clients now, and I'm like, this is going to be an old lady one day. So it's like, I don't know, it makes it easier to talk. I know that sounds weird, but it makes no. it easier <laughs> to talk to them. Um, but I, I loved my residence, and I loved what I did. I just um, – the pandemic, or COVID rather – Changed so much in the nursing home setting, it became very toxic and very sad. And I am, am thankful because if it wasn't for being in such a toxic work environment, I I may have never took the leap to do this full time um, or believed in myself that I could do this for you know an actual career. Yeah. Um, but even my residents, they were like rooting me on they were like yes you you need to do that like get out of here <laughs> like what are you doing here go that's so. so awesome but I did I, en- I enjoyed um working with old people um and it, you know it's funny that you asked that because even some of my patients that were in their 80s or 90s um they struggled with eating disorders or disordered eating Eating, rather I mean some of them really did have eating disorders where we were like you know you got to eat like some of them would only eat ice
1: yeah and it's like
0: you can't you can't live off ice like what are you doing but in their mind they're like oh you know I'm I don't want to get as big as a house and I'm like you're 80 pounds like what are you doing but they even they struggle with it you know so it's something that if you don't address, like, it'll stay with you well up until your 80s, 90s, I mean. Is there any message that you want to put out to
1: our listeners? <laughs> yes,
0: yes. Um, okay, I did take a screenshot. Yes. I hope that's okay. I'm yeah. going to pull up a couple websites, because um, you mentioned <laughs> earlier, like, who can people reach out to if they think they're struggling Yes, with disordered eating? So, obviously, your primary care physician um, a counselor, um, a few different organizations you can reach out to if you think that you may or you suspe- suspect that you may have an eating disorder or disordered eating patterns. Um, the National Eating Disorders Association. Um, there's also the Eating Disorder Foundation and Eating Disorders Resource Center. So they have websites, and you can go on there and you can read exactly like what the criteria is for Um, an eating disorder or disordered eating patterns. And I want to make sure that our listeners know that um, disordered eating patterns are just as dangerous as having an actual diagnosis of of an eating disorder because that's what leads to an eating disorder. Um, And hang on, I took a screenshot of something else I wanted to mention earlier. Um, And being able to recognize, like, you know, that it's happening, um, because I think sometimes it happens and we, we don't even realize that it's like subconscious. Um, so avoiding like fad diets, um, labeling foods as good or bad. Like I mentioned before, like foods are not good or bad. They're just food. And when it comes to food, like, yes, you should eat to fuel your body or fuel your workout or just your life in general, but also foods are meant to be fun. Like we're supposed to enjoy food. We're not just supposed to eat like chicken, rice, broccoli every day for every meal. Like to me, it's like your quality of life matters so much and food has a great impact on that. And if you ignore that, you're going to end up binge eating eventually. Um, uh, positive self-talk, Um, that was something else I wanted to mention because whenever I was engaging in disordered eating habits, um, I talked to myself very negatively, um, that I was lazy or that I was weak. That was a big one. Like if I, um, did eat a donut or something, I would tell myself like, you're so weak. Like, how could you do this? Like, and that's not healthy. No, it's not healthy. Like, it's okay to have a donut on occasion. Um. A lot of my clients will often compare, like, what they consider an addiction to food um, to, like, cocaine. And they're like, you know, I'm addicted to sugar, so I can't have sugar. And I usually like to kind of dive into that a little bit more and discover that it's not necessarily that they're addicted to sugar, but they think it's bad and they shouldn't have it. And so they go long periods of time... Without any, and then when they do have it, they binge. So it feels like an addiction. Yeah. Rather than if they could just incorporate it in their diet um, and have a little bit and then move on with their life, it wouldn't. It wouldn't turn into this binge eating cycle of, and then you know them thinking that they're addicted to something that they're not really addicted to. It's just you've deprived yourself of it for so long, and now you can't manage those urges. Do Do we have time for me to? Cover one more topic. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I know we've talked a lot about disordered eating um, and um, eating disorders, but I also wanted to talk about what a non disordered eating pattern looks like because I think it's helpful if you know how you should be eating as opposed to how you shouldn't be eating so you can compare the two. Um, so whenever you're looking at a, what I would con- consider a healthy eating pattern, um, you're eating. Regularly. So you're eating three meals a day and maybe a few snacks in between breakfast, lunch, dinner, and maybe a few snacks. Um, That's a good healthy eating pattern. Also, um, consuming a large selection of foods. So you're not just cutting out like all sugar, all carbs, all fat. Like it's a nice variety and you're including. Fun foods, whatever that looks like for you, you know, if you like Snickers or you like ice cream, like include that in your diet so that you don't um, end up binging on it later because you've restricted it for so long. Um, Flexibility. So being able to, like I mentioned earlier, if your friends call you up and they're like, hey, let's go to, you know, I don't know, Flying Heart or something, go have pizza. And you're not like, oh, no, I can't because I'm on a diet. Like, no, go have fun, have pizza, have some beer And then get back on track. Like, you need to be able to be flexible with your eating patterns. And if you, like I said, if you find yourself not flexible and isolating yourself because you're afraid of certain foods, like, that is going to turn into disordered eating that could eventually turn into um, an eating disorder. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I just wanted to bring that up.
1: Yes. Uh, Did you want to add anything else or...
0: Like when it comes to your children, try not to speak about any foods negatively in front of them. Like, oh, you can't have any dessert until you eat all your everything on your plate or, you know, say things like you need to eat everything on your plate because there's starving children in another country or yeah, whatever. Like yeah. that's not helpful. Like we should really be practicing and allowing our children to practice being aware of their own bodies and eating to the point of fullness. And then, yeah. And then if they're not hungry, you know, don't force them to eat. Like now I get it because I, I have toddlers and I have figured them out that they will not eat their dinner and then they want snacks. And I'm like, okay, no, you need to eat like some of your dinner and then maybe some snacks later, but don't not eat your dinner, Yeah, you know? So it, it's definitely a balance, but just teaching them to be aware of, you know, when they're full and listening to their bodies, and just watching how you speak—not only about food in front of them, but about yourself. Yes, and you know that can become programmed into their brain and how they talk about themselves. And so I, I try to be aware of that. You know, promote good body image. We don't, we don't talk about um, mommy being skinny or fat. Um, we say. Mommy's going to the gym so she can get big muscles. Yeah. Um, Or Mommy's going to go run so she can be fast like a cheetah. Yeah. You know, like, try to make it more about, like, um, health and just the ways that we can, um, what's the word, Um, praise our bodies and what they can do. um, And just being thankful for all the ways that our bodies move and and serve us. Yeah. So,
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So are you taking any clients right now?
0: I am pretty full at the moment for in-person training. That's
1: amazing though. It is yes thank you yeah
0: I'm pretty I'm stretched pretty thin but in the best way I'm really happy about it. I do offer online training for those that are interested Um, so kind of I think we did online training and then you convert it into in-person yes so the only thing I, I will say briefly about online training is it does take a certain level of dedication and commitment because you don't have somebody physically there with you but if you have already made that shift in your mind like I'm ready I'm ready to do this I just need to know the steps then that would be a great option for somebody
1: okay how can they contact you
0: um, you can contact me on Facebook, Facebook Messenger. Um, my business page is Brandy and Fit. Um, or you can email me at Brandy at Gmail. Um, probably Messenger on Facebook would be the better way. Okay. Yeah. Well,
1: I just wanted to thank you so much for yeah. coming. Thank you. I enjoyed I it. I hope we were able to cover everything that you wanted to talk about or the message that you want to put out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I enjoyed it. I think um, I think we covered everything. Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you so All much right. again. Thank
0: you. <laughs>